0: Welcome, and thank you for listening to the New Day Podcast. We are located in South Kansas City, proclaiming the good news of God's grace to our region and abroad. If you'd like more information, please visit our website, newdaykc.org. We've been looking at this, about how to navigate life and how to what's really important in life so this is part of the whole life lesson set and it's about once you're finding your identity and then you start going through it and evaluating the experiences of how things are going for you how do I grow how do I really become different everybody wants to grow and change the church calls that Christ likeness I believe I'm already in the likeness of Christ that that's his work I want to mature is what I call it. I want to grow and develop and mature into a believer that's not blown and swayed by every wind and doctrine that comes along. But I have an an anchor into my soul and I become more mature in how I experience life and what I can do. That comes in learning how to evaluate the experiences that you have in life. And especially, we all know this, I don't have to evaluate a lot of the good things. Matter of fact, a lot of the good things, I just give credit to other people because they deserve it. But in the rough stuff that I go through, I want to grow from that. That's the learning zone, you know, comfort zone is everything's going "Mm," just like that, you know, it sounds wonderful. Learning zone its that roller coaster I talked about last week. It can be up and down. But this is what Jesus... Now, is God's blessing always with us? Yes, that blessing is in a world that has heartache in it, um, difficult things. And Jesus said this in John 16, 33, These things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In God, we have peace. In the world, you'll have tribulation. A lot of our learning comes through the tribulation that we experience in the world. Now, not tribulation in the sense that there's a a ruler ready to put the noose around all of our necks. So that has happened in the past. But it's really the tribulation of life. Uh, Life can, can bring wonderful things, and life can bring really, really hard things. I like what he says here. Even though you will have, in the world you will have tribulation, but do what? Be of good cheer. That means celebrate. Have your heart be joyful because I've overcome the world. And It says in Romans 8.37, and it lists out, you can, you can read that what it lists out. All the things that can occur he said in all these things we are more than conquerors who loved us when you get stuck you don't feel like a conqueror you feel conquered anybody (laughs) you know you say I'm more than a conqueror right now I more feel more like a leper and uh, I'm not sure I want to be around anybody I'm not sure I want to be around me And you go through these things, but the promise is this you're more than that. Why? Because Christ lives in you. And we tend to forget this in this world, we're already eternal beings. You and I, when you receive Christ, the eternity of Christ comes and dwells in you. It's already there. I'm not waiting to go to heaven. Not Heaven invaded my life. He's not far away. He's not distant. There's, there's not a, a, a delay in what He has done. It's right there right now. That can make me look at the tribulations of this world a lot differently. It doesn't make them hurt less. It helps me to navigate them, to know that I'm eternal being right now. Nothing has to change in me. When this shell gets done, I'm still in Christ. I don't have to do something. Uh, Brenda and I were watching a, a documentary about uh, Louis XIV, you know, the sun king, as he was known, the king of France. And he was worshipped, and I mean, <laughs> just beyond Beyond everything. So he as an old he reigned for what was it, seventy-four years? Seventy-one years, something like that. So like this, like generations saw him as king. That he that he reigned. So he's he's dying as an old man. He's got gangrene. They don't know it. They don't know how to treat it. Medicine hasn't advanced till that time. And uh, so he's getting ready to die, and it says, and he made preparation that he was going to be okay with God. So he had to do a bunch of the confession and all that to make sure that he would be okay to stand before God. It's not man that makes us okay to stand before God. It's God that makes us okay to stand before him. He missed it. As a, kid, as a ruler, he, you missed it. You can't. What are you going to do to get more right with God when you're dying of gangrene and you're in pain? A lot more confession. Gee, I had that bad thought yesterday. I was talking with somebody this morning. and said that thing, which I I say this a lot, but I don't go to God to get forgiven. I go to God because I am forgiven. You can always tell when things, when problems, when the tribulations of life are occurring in your life, here's the litmus test. This is the barometer that shows you where your thinking's at and how you're going to critically approach it. Do you run to God or away from God? It's a, it's a key. That's one of the huge in learning and critical thinking. When I do something, let's put it this way: when I do something wrong, now let's put it in real language and have church this morning. When I sin and I've made a huge mistake and I've hurt myself and other people, do I run to God? or away from God and think that I have to do something to make sure I'm okay in order to stand in front of him. I can't do anything to make sure I'm okay. He has made sure I'm okay. So I run to him. Does it mean I don't say I was bad? No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not saying you shouldn't confess your sin and say I was wrong here indeed talk to him about it but it's already forgiven there's no more time for negotiation negotiation was done in christ and this is how he ended the negotiation it is finished finished that's called the gospel it's done we have to remember that when you guys go back to school And there's something that happens that you go, I can't believe I did that stupid thing again. It is finished. The price is paid run into his arms. Does it mean that it all goes away? No. But it's handled by him and you together, not you trying to get it together for him. Does that make sense? That's called critical thinking and problem solving. And it's also called this. Here's what we, we... I'm finding I was taught a whole lot about the Holy Spirit. I, when, when I came to salvation, it was during the height of the Jesus movement and the height, the birthing of what's called the charismatic movement or the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so we were going to a church um, that, that had experienced that. They, they were Baptist, if you will, denominationally in their background, uh, many of them, and they got touched by the reality of who the Holy Spirit was. And so there was this in-depth teaching about the Holy Spirit in everything that we did. Here's what I watched erode through the years. We quit teaching about his role and who he was in our lives, and we just started accepting it culturally as that everybody understood the role of the Holy Spirit. We've done that with a lot of things regarding Christianity and our children and our grandchildren. Don't assume that. We need to know who the Holy Spirit is and to be taught well by it because this is the eroding that I saw. It went from who the Holy Spirit was to focusing on the gifts of the Holy Spirit to focusing on a couple of the gifts of the Holy Spirit and we forgot all the other stuff and we forgot who he was. And so instead we started focusing on what we did thinking it was by the Spirit of God and about half the time it was our flesh. Ouch. So this is, in order for you to evaluate experiences, you have to understand the Holy Spirit of God that lives in you. You have to get to know him. He is a person. He has personality. He has a function and a role. And Jesus told us what the role was. It's incredible. So you look at this, look at John 14. Jesus said this. Now, this is him talking to his disciples before he goes to the cross. I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you how long? Forever. It means he never leaves, never goes away. The Spirit of Truth, so he gives him a name, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But, now you've got to remember, this is before Pentecost, but you know him. How could he say that to them? Because they had already seen the Holy Spirit at work within the life of Jesus. And when they saw Jesus, they saw the Spirit. And when they saw the Spirit, they saw Jesus. For he dwells with you and will be in you. He wasn't prophesying. He was making a statement. He dwells with... Who were they dwelling with? Think through this scripture. Come on, I'm going to make you put your thinking caps on. Who were the disciples dwelling with right then? Jesus. And he said he's making this we don't, we don't pick these things apart he's making this bold statement <laughs> he and the Holy Spirit were one he said you dwell with him and then he gives the promise and he will say I'm telling you he's going to be in you <sighs> that's mic drop time what he's saying the same person that I am here I'm going to live in you as the Holy Spirit. All that they saw Jesus do and act like is going to live in them. You have to, in order to critically think about this, you have to critically think about what he said. Oh my gosh. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. Now, leaving somebody as an orphan means you're not their parent. So, Jesus has just done this masterful job in explaining the gospel to them through the Trinity. The Father to the orphan, the Savior who lives with them, the Spirit who will show them all things and be their helper. What, in how many verses is that? 16, 17, in three verses. That's stunning. But we forget the role of the Holy Spirit. He's my helper. He has a function. It's not a title. It's what he does. This is who he is. So he wants to help you in all all of life. So look at John 15. But when the helper comes, whom I shall send from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify or he will tell you about me. You ever been in those situations where you're going, Jesus help? You're, you haven't prayed those prayers. I don't know how many times I had Jesus help things come up, uh, almost on a daily basis. When that cry comes up, He says, "Here's a, He will tell you about Jesus." Is God the only answer? Yes! To every situation, every learning experience I get, the learning I have is not to be a better person, though that can occur. The learning I have is I get to know who God is. We don't ever think about the times we mess up, that the whole process is so that we learn more about God. We put it in moral senses of, I gotta quit being this awful. When am I ever gonna change? So we start, so our self talk within our soul stops agreeing with the testify of Jesus, and we start looking at problems about, I'm the schmuck of the world i 'm never going to get this right i don 't know why anybody likes me and why God puts up with me. Wrong, wrong self talk that actually was more damaging than the thing that got, that got you there. So now you 're not problem solving because you 're not critically thinking to critically think me mean, means I take the thing and I go, "This happened, this happened, this happened." then that means most of us go, this and this and this happens. I'm never going to change. So guess what? You don't change. (laughs) You just prophesied to yourself. You just made a future statement that binds you to this world. And instead, the Holy Spirit's the helper who wants to bind you to the truth of God. He's the spirit of truth that binds himself to what truth is, true truth, God truth, Jesus truth, in our lives as we're going through stuff. You can't get better help than that. Isn't this amazing? This is his his role in your life not for you to order around but for you to get into agreement with that's the stunning part Um, look at this next verse so he's still talking about the helper it's really important that we get to know what is the role of God living in why do it this way this is his role in your life so this is just you know two chapters later, and Jesus is still talking about it. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, now look, he's not talking about you because it moves into a much bigger thing. It's Christ in you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Of sin because they do not believe in me. He's living in you so that they understand there's something different about them than me. Of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more. How do we now see God? Through the Helper. I see Jesus through the helper. He always testifies of who? Jesus. That's his role. Of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I do not have to yield to the evil one. I don't have to yield to his philosophy. I don't have to bend my knee to what they say I have to bend my knee to. There's a lot of talk about personal freedom today you are only truly free in Christ. And then if you are free, he said, you're free indeed. Nobody can own my soul. They can poke me, they can prod me, they can throw me in jail, they can cut my fingers off, they can't own my soul. No matter what problems they bring, the role of the Holy Spirit will tell me, I got this. I'm here with you, I'll help you. Lean on me. He always takes it upon, he doesn't put it on you. He doesn't say, when are you gonna straighten up and be stronger? We'll, We'll look at that in a minute. He doesn't demand that you be stronger, he becomes stronger in your life as you lean on him. I can problem solve with that. I can figure out the next thing to do with that. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, it's just like he's talking, you know, it's, it's talking like mysterious. He, he suddenly becomes like Gandalf. Or, you know, there's this, you know, what's going to happen? Um, I, I think he's so excited. I don't think this is Jesus giving this mournful teaching, going, yeah, I'm going to leave and uh, when he comes it'll get a little bit better for you. This is him going I know what's going to happen. When you face your problems do you believe that God knows what's going to happen? And that he's already made a plan to help you. Because he's the helper. So Jesus he said, the spirit of truth, come. he will guide you into all truth. So as a helper, what's his role? Guide you. I, I have a guide? Yeah, he guides me through all of life. He, he's, the guide means he's with me. What does a guide do? Don't go that way, there are snakes. Go this way, there are angels. Don't go swim in that water, it's poisonous. Swim in this water, it's full of life. You read the book. Don't eat this, eat that. Don't eat from the tree the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil eat from the fruit from the tree of life that's me this is this is so I love this about him I just absolutely he's stunning however when he the spirit of truth has come he will guide you into all truth how much truth all truth. He doesn't, he doesn't lead you into suppositions. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. When you sense the voice of God, that's the Father speaking to you through Jesus found in the Holy Spirit. And he will tell you things to come. You'll never learn how to navigate the future till you can evaluate what he did now. He got you through this. And the reason he gets you through this is he wants to develop in you a person that can make action plans for change. That didn't work. How should I do it differently next time? Now suddenly you've got a guide he said, oh, you want to know how to do it differently? I don't want to go to that family event and have the same buttons pushed. You want to do it differently? Oh, and the Holy Spirit goes, let's talk. I've got some guiding to do now. Let me fulfill my role in your life. First of all, get rid of your buttons. Too close? <laughs> he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. You see what Romans says about this. Romans says this at the end of Romans 5. It says that in this life we reign through grace. You can't reign through the law in this life because the law always points out what's wrong. You will never reign through right and wrong. You will reign through grace in this life. (sighs) Through every situation where you can't even, you know, and, and some of you are there right now, but you can't understand what God's doing. Quit trying to figure it out and reign through grace. God, I trust your grace that you're going to bring me through this. That's the prayer of faith. There isn't, I'm sorry, there's not any other answer. It's a prayer of faith that I will trust you in this. Therefore I said, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Can I read one more scripture to you? Because it's just really. So it's John 17. Notice where all these came from. So, if you want to find out the most intimate things that, that Jesus thought and said about his own personhood and the personhood of the Holy Spirit, read John chapters 13 through 17. Um, some theologians call them the holy of holy of his teachings. Because they're the most intimate things that he said to the ones who were closest to him before he goes to the cross. So this is like, these are like, you know, isn't everything that Jesus said important? Yes. And these are more important than the more important than the most important. These are just so important that we get it. So this is, Jesus now moves into from declarations in John 14. You know, it starts with, don't be afraid And he takes him through it. John 15, explaining what he's doing. John 16, he tells it to him again. Then John 17, he starts praying. And then he says this, I, because this wasn't just, I want you to see something, that this wasn't just for them. It was so we would understand the Holy Spirit. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. You believe in Jesus because of the word of the apostles. We're only here because in times of antiquity, they stood and said, God is real, God is Jesus, and the Holy Spirit dwells in us. That testimony carried, when you think about this, because I don't don't know how you like documentaries or movies or stuff of those who have gone before us. This became so clear to me when I, when Brenda and I were at uh, a little church that was no longer a real building, but just a a few stones left one on another. Uh, It's called St. John's Chapel and I stood there and I started worshiping and it touched me that was built in the 10th century there were saints standing there praising and trusting God and reaching up and here I am in the 21st century standing there reaching up to the same God who hadn't moved And it was just, it was stunning. And I remembered these scriptures. I don't pray for these only, but for those who are going to believe in my word through you. Stunning, isn't it? That they all may be one as you. Now you can remember, he's praying. This is Jesus' prayer. As you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us. How does he do that? That the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me I have given them that they may be one just as we are one. Do you believe that Jesus, when he was on the earth and the Father, were one? You you believe that? Then you have to believe the second part because this is what Jesus prayed for you that you would be one with God the same way he was. You mean all the time? Yeah, all the time. And to seal it, he sent a helper to let you know that it's all the time. We have a tendency to say, well, I'm just just far from God. What we really mean is, I haven't been living right and I don't like myself right now, and I don't want to talk to God because I'm afraid of what he'll say to me. That's a lie. That's going down the path of agreeing with snakes instead of what the Word of God says. On your worst days with you, whatever that worst day looks like, is there always another worst day coming? I don't think about those things anymore because he doesn't ever leave me or forsake me. And it's not that it doesn't matter. I don't want to go through hard stuff. That's sick. But I do know this. I have a trust that when I do go through hard stuff, he's with me and he is in me just like Jesus had the Father in him. Just like. I can problem solve this. I in them and you in me, that they be, 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 may be made perfect in one. That the world may know that you have sent me and that I have loved them as you have loved me. Father, I desire that they may also whom you have given me may be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which you have given me, for you loved me before the foundation of the world. Paul writes about this in Ephesians 1. You can read it. You have that same thing. You do. It says this, that he is going to present you to himself before the foundations of the world. And he's going to present you as righteous and perfect, the very promise that Jesus gave. Stunning. O righteous Father, the world has not known you, but I have known you, and these have known that you sent me, and I have declared to them your name and will declare it, that the love with which you loved me may be in them and I in them. By the Holy Spirit. It's his function in your life to help you when you seem most faithless, he remains most faithful. When I am more doubtful, he becomes more sure. When I am most frightened, he is the Lion of Judah that roars over my life. I don't have to screw up my courage. He is courage in me. That's how you start problem solving things. That's how you start approaching things. God's in me. Well, if you just got up this week, just think through this. You just got up and looked in the mirror and go, yeah, Jesus is in there. That's pretty, you know, you have Bill the cat hair, you know. Jesus is in there. Goodness, he didn't. You mean while I was sleeping and had the bad dreams, so he didn't go away? Nope, he's still there. I arise in the morning for you are with me. and When I start doing that, who cannot face the difficulties of the day from that vantage point? He's my helper, he's the er. Most of my er's are. Those people are driving slow again. Get rid of that er and get the help er. And there's a change. We'll look at more of this next week. Take this, take some passage this week. Maybe you have time. I would hope that you do. But read at least John 14, 15, 16, and 17. And just Read. Just let it permeate who you are. It's the power of the Holy Spirit because he he lights up the written word because the living word is in you. So when you read the written word, the living word and him connect. They testify of me, he says. They testify of me. The written word can't save you. The living word did. And he lives in us as the helper. Isn't that not grand? Grand. All right. Father I pray for us what you prayed that we would be reminded again that you are in us that you will never leave us we're not orphans we're not abandoned we're not left to ourselves and our own devices that you come and lead us in truth you're our teacher and our guide and we trust you through all of life we trust you in Jesus' name. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. Lord, make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. Lord, lift up his countenance upon you, give you peace. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Love on each other as you go. God bless you.